You're listening to Reflections, a soul music podcast with Jamie and Ash, where we discuss the classic albums with the classic songs. Welcome to another episode of Reflections Music Podcast. I'm Jamie, as always. I'm here with my man, Ash. You saying? What's going on, people? You all all right? I hope everyone is keeping well and safe and looking after yourselves because it is crazy times that we are living in. And uh, I don't know, I hope these these conversations are, are giving you guys a nice, nice bout of nostalgia and nice, some nice warm feelings. And if you don't have any nostalgic memories to all this stuff, then you're discovering some new music for the first time and loving it because... Yeah, we're talking about some great albums here. Some great albums. This is another great album. We are indeed. Um, yeah, I kind of envy folks who are discovering some of these albums for the first time because that that's, that'd be amazing. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. yeah, it's nice to go. It's nice to go back. And uh, this is a nice one to go back to, actually. So this is we're doing today for our 12th episode. We're looking at Acoustic Soul by Indiari, uh, which came out in... March 27th, 2001. Ash, 2001. What were you doing? March 2001 or in 2001 uh, well, in general? I was, I was finishing up at Brit School, finishing up at college. Was that, yeah, because I stayed an extra year. I stayed an extra year to do some business management stuff. So I was, I was interning at a place called the Tip Sheet. Uh, and they basically they they kind of did this like weekly industry press where halfway through the week like so the the number one used to be on a Sunday and it was it used to be a big deal Mm -hmm. so on a Wednesday they would release this magazine which would say where everything was at and who it looks like it's going to be number one and then they would do some like recommends there'd be a CD that would have like 10 or 12 different tracks of things that are on the way that are coming that people should be listening to and, and getting to know. Um, yeah, nice, interesting time starting to learn about the industry and how it all works and thinking, oh man, I'm way too shy for this game. I, I need to, to rethink mm. my strategy to a certain extent. But um, yeah, 2001, 2001 was cool, man. And college, college is fun because you're, just, you're yeah. just out there. You're yeah. out there and you don't really have too many well, you shouldn't have too many expenditures. Mobile phone bills would just start to, to come around then. And uh, yeah, good times. Yeah. Good times. What about yourself? I think I was a bit, 2001, I remember, I think I was a bit in limbo, actually. I was, I had, I had recently stopped working at a publishing company. I went full-time, stopped doing music. I was working at a publishing company for a few years. And I think I'd left that to do music full-time. So I think I was doing music full time with uh, my band. I can't remember what we we're called. Inquest. Inquest. We were called. Uh, shout out to those dudes if they're if they're listening. Um, yeah, and I was working part time at Gap Kids in Covent Garden, and that was that was cool. And I started, <laughs> and I also started doing because I was just like I need to make money wherever I can because I'm I'm doing music full time. I'm working. Doing music, that's my that's gonna be my career, and I've got this part time job in Gap Kids, and then I also started doing extra work in TV, movies, and stuff. I joined a couple of those, so I was just like I was grinding basically. So I wasn't limbo. I was I was grinding. I was definitely grinding, 
But um, it was cool. It's cool though because I started thinking about my f like fashion sense and and stuff like this in the um in one of the videos we're gonna talk about later. Uh, there's some there's some stuff going on, man. And I was like, yeah, it took me back. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, let's get into it. All right. So acoustic soul. Uh, it came out like I said, March 27, 2001. It was on Motown. Uh, by this time, it'd been acquired by Universal. The writers mm -hmm. on there, quite a few. So you got India Rio, of course, uh, a gentleman called Blue Miller, um, a guy called Carlos Brody. Um, Carlos Brody is kind of interesting because he actually worked with all his credits, bar India Rio, all hip hop artists, and he was part of the hitmen that were a crew or production crew that worked with bad boy records so really interesting that one uh, this guy called Sh uh, shannon sanders and he worked with eric benet and next and the main writer, well not main writer but main producer on this album actually um a guy called mark batson so he's got some writer credits but he definitely uh, produced the majority of the tracks on this album and he worked with anthony hamilton alicia keys leanne rhymes just to name three but um yeah and uh, so, like I said, Ari's a producer, Batson's a producer, uh, Carlos Brody, who I mentioned, um, and Blue Miller. But what's really interesting, one track is produced by our man Bob Power. He makes an appearance again. And the reason why we say our man Bob Power, because he's on loads of stuff that we've spoken about. So D'Angelo's album, The Roots, who else? Ash. Erica, well, those are the main ones and then Erica Badu right Erica Badu yeah well there's a, looking through the credits there's a lot of lot of recording and mixing that was done down at Electric Lady yeah for this as well exactly so, you know the link kind of makes sense makes a lot of sense but he's only on one track uh, unfortunately unfortunately depending anyway so this album went two times platinum peaked um, number 10 the US pop charts and number 3 the US R&B charts Ash Acoustic Soul, quick thoughts before we get into the singles. Uh, a lovely, warm, spiritual, lyrically really impeccable for a 26-year-old speaking wisdom well beyond her years in this record. Um, and I think that's, that's more of it for me. It's more about more about that wisdom and those pearls of, of, you know, yeah, wisdom. I keep coming back to it. Mm. Like so many things that she's saying in here reaches out to so many people. And I mean, now we live in a world where, you know, self-development is a very big thing and there's lots of people talking about all of that stuff. You go back to 2001, you know, there, there are people talking about it, but it's not as, it's not as out there and having love for yourself and respecting yourself mm -hmm. for who you are and what you're about. You know, it wasn't wasn't as commonplace. Certainly not in an album that went on to. And you know, I, I mean, I don't think they released it thinking it was going to be it would reach the masses the way it did. I'm, I'm sure they they were quite confident that it was going to do really well. Mm. I don't think they thought it was going to do as well as it did do. Um, and I, and I think it's because of that. I think it's because of those messages that she delivers throughout the album that kind of reach to people's lives and people could relate to and they could use it as a guide to help them get through certain situations. Um, but yeah, really beautiful piece of work. And I feel like this album is 
is the first one that we've covered where there's a real, real focus on guitar. And it's all of the album and all of the songs are really primarily built around guitar rather than Fender Rhodes or mm. piano or like full band type setup. Like yeah. this is, you can, you can feel like, you know, she wrote all of these songs on her acoustic guitar and then everything's kind of built around it. But I don't really feel like there's one track where they kind of write, well, we're going to get rid of the guitar. Even though you wrote it on a guitar, we're going to get rid of it and we're just going to fully produce it. Mm. I don't feel like there's anything like that. I feel like it is at the heart of everything that's yeah. in this album. And I don't think there's there's been anything like that the closest, up until this point. The closest that we've done, where I'll say it's a guitar-focused album, was uh, um, Lyndon David Hall. I think yeah. it's the closest, yeah. closest. But even then, that's... They, he does veer off in in places, but yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, yeah, my thoughts on this one is that it's just a to me when I listen to it uh, now, it just seems like a great mix of Stevie Wonder and Donny Hathaway. With mm. it's funny because um, before I saw some of her interviews, and you know, you just kind of guess um, an artist's um, influences just from listening to the music. I just heard Tracy Chapman <laughs> in it, and then so because I because she's got that it's got that folk thing going on, but then she cites James Taylor, which I know I know who he is. Never really got into his music, but I know he's like a a big folk artist, you know, like that of that kind of singer songwriter style, and it makes a lot of sense because it does have it is like soul meets folk. I, I that's what I get from it, um, and it's and it's nice. It it really is nice. I've I've got a few issues with it. Uh, in places but we'll we'll get into it now let's get into it man let's mm. do it first single video uh, released 6th of February 2001 written by Ari Brody and Sanders produced by Brody uh, number 47 number 47 in the pop charts 14 in R&B charts um, I'm gonna go first because I don't have much to say this tune Ash I I'm not gonna lie I just wasn't feeling this tune when it came out it was just mm-hmm. way basically what his strengths are is what I d- didn't like about it. It was just way too jiggy, okay. way too jiggy, way too happy clappy for me, for where, for where I was at. And I was just like, I'm just, and you know me, I'm a guitar guy. And, but the acoustic guitar rhythm that this, it just, it's just way too happy clappy for me. Um, I just can't, I just, I just can't, I couldn't deal. Now I'm more inclined to be like, it's the lyrics are really good. The release, and I can appreciate the fact that it's catchy and it's summery and it's got all that stuff and the chorus is mad strong it proper stays with you it, it stays in your head whether you like it or not and I think probably I remember this song being rinsed a lot and probably that didn't help 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 how I felt about it because I'm just like this song will not leave me you just you just have it in your head all the time mm. but you know what you know what is great about this now um, 20 odd years later 19 years old later now the message in it, right? So you talk about like she has she she's espousing wisdom, a lot of wisdom all the time, and it's it, it doesn't come across as contrived. But the thing, it's easy. It would be easy to say, oh, this is just like um, focused on black people. Do you know what I mean? But I find her messages, especially especially in this song as well, not the average girl in the video. That that can be applied to anybody. We could say, oh yeah, she's this is a response to the hip hop and R&B because she's a black artist. But you can say that about indie music at the time or rock music at the time, their videos. You, you're always going to have a certain type of love. If there's a female love interest, 
they they're gonna have a certain look. So I feel like this crossed racial lines in terms of that. Like I feel like if you're a woman, I'm not a woman, so women correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like if you're a woman, you could be like, man, this is making sense to me. This is the, I I feel what she's saying because you know there are sort of like there are in the media there can be like standards of beauty that are unattainable you know so yeah that's my thoughts on this not my not not my i don't love it but it is a good tune that's what i feel yeah i i, I think i fit in the, the same bracket as that did, did you get a date on when it was released yeah 6th of february 2001 okay cool so i think that's right yeah and then the album came out in march yeah so i, I would it's so springy it's so spring so like, and like so. the video is so spring as well so i would i would have dropped it a little bit a little bit later but um all, all that aside like I, I think it's it's a really joyful song uh, and it's mm. not it's not talking it's not being miserable about not fitting the standards or the so-called standards that are out there she's doing it in a empowering mm-hmm. happy or coming from a happier place and being happy with yourself and mm-hmm. and where you're at and it just shines all the way through like the whole and and that's why i think that that like nice bouncy feel to it works because it's just a positive song mm. and so it needs that positive vibe running right the way through i really love the way the bass comes in um yeah just you know it just it jumps in really nicely that's that's one of my main kind of standouts from the song um and yeah like i, I think it does cross i don't get me wrong I, I believe she wrote this song for black women oh yeah 100%. but you know it is a message that crosses crosses over everything and i think that's what helped her get the mass cross appeal that she did and it's not it's not aggressive. It's, it's safe, so anyone feels like they can claim it as their anthem. Then you don't have to feel like you're black to claim it as an anthem of yours. You can take it because uh, it's and, it, and it's there to be taken. I, I think like it's it's there. It, I, I don't think that you know it just has to be solely black ownership over this. You know, and to and you know in the re like she. You know, it's a very it's a very black focused video, and it you know it's 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 unapologetic it's unapologetically black in every way. So that message of who it's going out to is clear. But yeah, I don't see any issue or any reason why people didn't take it on, and I think they did. I think they did great. take it on. I think they did. Um, and the chorus as well, your debut song, debut song, and your hook is built around your name. Like mm. you're letting everyone know your name and they're singing it. It's the end of the hook of your chorus. You've already said it was catchy. Everyone's singing your name. Mm. Everyone knows who you are. Brilliant. Absolutely. So good. So, Absolutely. so good. So, so clever. Um, yeah, like, like I said, not something that, that I would go to and jump to and play, but also not anything that I would skip past. And I think, and I think it's that hook that is why it's the lead single. I, I don't think it's because it's a, 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 an amazing song like some of the ones that we've we've spoken about before like like a brown sugar or a, or an on no. and on um no. but it it just it fits the purpose to introduce you as an artist exactly it's it's jiggy and like you say it's got her name in the title and uh and it was funny because there was an anecdote from i think it's her manager that was saying that um when she was writing a song uh and yeah, really didn't want her name in the title she's like i can't refer to myself that's what rappers do 
And then and the, the lady, the lady was saying, uh, Amanda was saying, um, I can't remember her name, but she was saying that, no, it's good because and then people know how to actually pronounce your name as well. Such a marketing move. Right. Such a marketing and management right. move. Right. Yeah. Clearly. I, I was watching, I was like, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good work. So, yeah. People, that's, that's why you can't just be songwriters. Sometimes... <laughs> You need some marketing and and business now. Like it's it's essential. They do have their role to play. Don't. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the music. There's more to it than that. But anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. Cool, cool, cool. So moving on to the second release. This just came out. I was like, grin on this guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> the grin on this guy's so, face is massive. So, uh, so. Um, yeah, this came out sometime in 2001. I don't have the... I couldn't find the proper release date. Anyway, this is Brown Skin, or as I like to call it, Ode to Me. This song she wrote for me. <laughs> this is Ode to Jamie. Um, banger. Written by her, Batson and Sanders. Produced by herself and Batson again. Let me tell you something. This tune is to this day still one of my favorite neo soul tunes period this is i play this all the time it's i'll tell you what i'll tell you what it is right it's, it's got the groove right it's got the groove it's a slow jam so obviously the groove's banging lyrics lyrics are everything they basically i'm not afraid to say it she's speaking about me i'm a dark-skinned dude and she speaking she's singing about me but singing about me not in a not in a i don't know like the way like when you listen to 90s r&b not in that type of sort of i don't know just it's not overly sexualized exactly it's subtly it's more it's more of a celebration of yeah of the black man and that just it spoke to me uh then it speaks to me now um the video is correct I, i mean at this point, she's based in Atlanta. I've never been to Atlanta, so I don't know what it looks like. But my idea of the South is that's what it looks like. It looks like there will be forests everywhere. There'll be sh- streams and creeks. And this song sounds like you grab your guitar, you take your loved one to a creek or a stream, and you're playing this song to them. And this dude, Ash, the love interest in this video, where did they find this guy? Because this guy... <laughs> is he is beyond neo soul it's like you have neo soul dudes and they were like no we need this guy this guy he he clearly wasn't american i'm not having it he's not american he's either brazilian or he's like the capoeira bruv bruv they threw capoeira in there like what are they doing like it was like it was it was bad enough right his look he had the head whole head wrap on and he was like, he was drawing. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Nice little beard. He wasn't too clean cut. I was like, yeah, that can, that can, that can work. Then, then they busted Capoeira. Then my man's a trumpeter as well. Do you see how the trumpet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was like, it, they're man. going hard. They're going yeah. hard. And it's like, it, but basically he works for her, right? Because I feel like she's not like her style. Her image is not like, um, um, Erica Badu, and it's not like Jill Scott. She is, I mean, I suppose you can argue Erica Badu is kind of Earth Motherish, but I would say that Inyari is like Earth Mother, kind of. She's not, and she's more, I don't know, what's the word? She's more sedate in her image. 
Whereas Erica Badu is very, she's very image conscious. Where I, I'd say um, India is not. And this this guy, this love interest, just works perfectly for her. Just it it it. They just look like a couple. I can imagine them being together. It's just that that is just amazing. And what else have I got here? The last thing I'm gonna say, what I loved about this video as well. Um, this was the video where you see her performing in it at like a live music night, which mm. is great because that's how she came up. That's what she did in the light of her ages before she got signed. And the whole setup of it is kind of what you get when you, when you see her live. When I saw her live, that's what it was. It was kind of stripped down, kind of acoustic kind of vibe. And basically that's what you got. So I like videos especially if you're, if you're an artist that plays an instrument, I like videos that show it. And now you see her with the guitar in video, but it's kind of like, that's just anyone with a guitar. She's playing it a bit, but she's not in a, in a, in a show or performance setting, but she is in this video. Nice little cameo from CeeLo as the MC, yeah. which is nice. But yeah, this tune is a big tune. My favorite tune on the album. One of my favorite tunes in Neil Soul ever. It's just great. It's just great in all ways for me. Ash. Yeah, what, what, what can I add to that? What can I add? Um, the guitar, I, I think the, the way she rocks around with the guitar, it isn't just like anyone with a guitar. I, I feel like it's a real statement. The way she walks around in those videos with the guitar wrapped around her back, like, this is my gun. Oh, this yeah. is my sword <laughs> and I'm going to draw it. This is my weapon of choice. And, you know, there's just a real, there's a real kind of swag to her. And it's so image conscious, like it's it's not over the top image. So with Erica, I feel like there's attitude and there's sass mm. there mm. With, with what she's dropping. With India, like it's all her mum's designs. Like her mum, like puts together all her costumes and and outfits and stuff and her look. But there's there's a lot that's gone into it. There's a lot that's gone into it. her feeling comfortable in herself and that. But part of feeling comfortable in yourself is your look, you know, whether that is rolling around in a suit or rolling around in a hoodie and a tracksuit bottoms. I don't really do tracksuits. That's just not my thing. Like, you know, and that's, that's me though. You know, that's my look, that's my style. Um, and it's the same for her. I, I think they put a lot into it in terms of just making her feel safe and comfortable in her own skin and then appealing to it. And I, I think all the videos do a really good job of, of showing you what what she's from, what she's about, and who her key target audience are. Not necessarily who else appeal, it appealed to, but they make it extremely clear, this is who this is for, this is what I'm from, this is what I'm writing for. If you want to take it, by all means, go ahead and take it, but this is it, this mm. is what it is. And it, mm. it looks great, um, it sounds great. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd like to think that in 2001, there could be a, a not too bulky, dreadlocked black man who's a bit artistic. Um, oh, yeah, they're, like they're, they're about, they're about. But, um, but yeah, you, you probably make a good point, and he, <laughs> there's a very, probably a good chance that he might have been Brazilian. That, that <laughs> yeah. actually makes a lot of sense. Um, the tune itself, though, yeah, Ode to Black Man, awesome. Awesome song, like one of those an iconic intro those couple of guitar lines and that dude organ, you know and it's just boom and she said and the first line brown skin 
like it just it lets you know what time it is right from the get-go this is a bad boy tune it's a tough tune like, exactly oh it's got that it's got that sort of like that feel that it's a, it's similar it's very similar to um d'angelo's how does it feel with the pump yeah but and to me that gets me like every time it, i when i when a song starts like that i know what to expect and like almost 90 percent of the time i'm gonna love it and yeah yeah sorry mm. guys go continue yeah no and just again the way the way all of the, the little acoustic guitar licks go through mm-hmm. through the track uh the bass is really strong uh drums and percussion very subtle just does what it needs to do keeps yeah it moving along Response. what i really like is is the organ work and the um the bv work um the bvs just complement it mm-hmm. and just throughout you're just having this build up and then bring it back down and then build it back up again and then bring it back down and you know the bvs just again do that wonderfully just kind of mm. Just taking the ebb and flow of the song and as it goes along um yeah yeah just musically musicality wise really really well put together tune and and again i think that's why it is so iconic not just lyrically i think the mm. musical production choices help it stand out because there ain't nothing else like it i don't think anyone else has has not taken away the, the song content mm-hmm. and if you're just thinking about the melody and mm-hmm. uh, the, the musicality of the song I, I don't think there's anything else that kind of captures this you know you, you can say that there are other other types of Jill Scott's this is the way mm-hmm. um, you know but I think this is like I mean yeah just epic talking about like how it starts openings right so the the melody the verse melody it's so sort of pretty it's like da, 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 da. it's really pretty over that sort of like driving groove and like again not expecting that and it's just oh man there's so much there's so much like the the um the way it's like the the groove is kind of like a slow jam but like you say with the with the bvs they they kind of harken back to sort of like some kind of gospel and then with the organ the way that builds up is like it's just a meeting of like different kind of soul styles and genres and it's just it's really just, country it's like, so, I, I it's just, so it's country so much, like you said folk earlier on and and i i just i just think country like the more and more i listen to it mm. the more i just thinking this is like the the combination of of soul and country music or, or, or a southern sound yeah. so to speak yeah down know? in down especially in the bayou with, or somewhere like that yeah, yeah especially with the intro the intro of yeah. this song really does properly capture that mm. um and yeah I, i'd agree there's there's gospel elements in there as well she's definitely taking them to church yeah i want to ask you a question about this before we move on mm. would you have had this as a as a number two release after video yeah definitely yeah you have yeah, that because I, because i don't i don't think i don't i don't i don't feel like this is an album full of singles i don't feel like there's loads of obvious choices okay so right. even when i even now in hindsight when i listen through i still can't really pick any obvious choices and you've got to look at it this is a debut artist in 2001 there's there's a lot going on and you need to make a statement and this is a song that makes a statement that that kind of builds on the first statement that you've made mm. and really punches home and punches through if you if you have a weak 
well, weaker second single after that first one, mm. you can lose the momentum and people might not take you as seriously. So then when you do drop the third single, it's like, well, is it really strong? Like, you know, when you're taking penalty kicks, ideally, like the glory guy might want to take the fifth penalty kick mm. and might want to be the fifth penalty taker. But if, the, if all the team behind you misses, if you miss the first three penalties, you're not even going to get your chance to take the thing. Exactly. You've got to start with your your strongest yeah. to put you in the best position. And I feel like by doing video and then brown skin, it doesn't matter what she releases after that. Like as long as it's of a decent standard, like yeah. these two just, that's a, that's a double knockout flow. This is a serious artist that you need to go and check out this album and, mm. and see what you think. And then, and again, anyone who's picking up the album is going to enjoy the album. Yeah. You know, I so mean, the release schedule, the way they did it, it worked perfectly for me. Because I wasn't totally invested by video, but brown, brown, brown skin comes in and boom, it's got me. I'm, mm. I'm immediately like invested. I want to know more. Um, not saying I'm totally sold, but I'm just like, wow, this is someone I need to Yeah, and, and, and to. I think, I reckon there's a lot of people that fell into that bracket mm. that weren't as on it with video, but then when brown skin, they liked it, but I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, this is cool. But when brown skin came in, that was the knockout. Um, and they knew they had the rest of the goods on the album to deliver. Mm. Not like I said, not necessarily song-wise. I don't, I don't think this is a super strong collection of hits and songs, but it is a, a wonderful album to listen to within its own right. Yeah, and it has its own strengths. Yeah, which isn't, which isn't hits. It's just a, a great body of work. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Now, moving on. Now the next two. There are so bit of confusion here so i've got as the third relief release sorry strength courage and wisdom as the third release sometime in 2001 but i can't find a video for it at all but then i've got as a fourth release ready for love released in 2002 and then there's definitely a video for that so what i would say is let's talk about strength courage and wisdom because it does show up on the billboard yeah. charts so let's talk about that and then yeah just get to ready for love mm -hmm. so Strength, Courage and Wisdom, Ash. Tell me. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, such a, such a nice, nice groove. Um, again, another real empowering song. And probably one of the reasons why I go to Wisdom, like when I think of this album and I think of her influences and, you know, just again, some of the research before doing the pod and, you know, the way she talks to Oprah and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's you know, wise you, beyond you eight, eight years what, right yeah you know you can tell like you know your your dad's a, an nba basketball player your mum is a singer and creative and you know came up in the whole motown regime you know they they must have been embedded in there with loads of this stuff loads of this goodness because like i said she, she's 26 when she releases this album she's got no right to be talking the way she's talking and delivering the way she's delivering in, in my humble opinion um you know and and she does and she does it so effortlessly um and this is another great example of that really strong hook that kind of stays with you that you know it's like an anthem almost like it a is charm, that's what i was going to say this is like an anthem this, this um one. really powerful and again just musically lovely lovely the way it's just built around the guitar and, and again we, we haven't really talked about her voice too much she doesn't she doesn't do loads of fancy stuff like it's, it's not loads of trills and 
and ad libs and getting all crazy. It's just a really warm, soft, soulful vocal all the way through. She knows her lane, she stays in it, and she plays it to perfection, in my opinion. And they and they build it around her yeah. really well. I think she's one of those vocalists where she's more tone than technique. So she's got a lovely sounding tone. Do you know what I mean? She just sounds nice. You hear her voice, you just like, yeah, I want to listen. I want to listen to more of that. She doesn't have to do like all the crazy acrobatic ac- acrobatics. She just she just sings a song, and it just sounds nice. That's what you want. This one for me, this is um, this is one. You know, when I was talking about the album is like a nice mix of Stephen Wonder and Donny Hathaway. When I hear when it starts and I hear the verse, that's what the verse verse sounds like. It sounds more like a Stephen Wonder tune, and yeah. I'm just like, yeah, Big I'm time. in. I'm in. I mean, every time I'm just like, yeah, I'm in. It just, it just works for me. And yeah, it's just lovely. I mean, again, not one of my faves, but good, good song. Really good mm-hmm. song. Really well written. You know what I mean? This is a, this one's solely written by her, produced by her and um, Batson. But um, yeah, it's just nice. It's just yeah, really I really nice. like the kit on this as well. I really like the way they use the drums. It doesn't, it doesn't feel as, as produced and, and syncopated some of the other stuff. I like, I like, I like how it starts with the rim. Like it starts with the rim shot. The rim. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. that, that always gets me. Yeah, it's re- it's really nice. It's really cool. Anyway, moving on. Ready for love. Now, Ash. Okay, released two thousand two. Written by Ari and Blue Miller, and produced by both of them. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This song feels like this got rinsed on the live music scene in the UK in London it felt like felt like women would sing this song they either had guitars or they had a, a someone playing guitar and then they had another person on cajon and I feel like that this song I just saw women singing this song all the time and I'm gonna use that as the excuse for why I just can't listen to it anymore I just feel like it's been rinsed am I wrong here I just um, I I don't know I, I can't I can't say that I, oh, I had the damn. Of those it might be just me <laughs> but no 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 but it, it kind of makes sense like, I wasn't really I wasn't really about as much then uh, kind of yeah okay doing too much circuit work so right I, but I can I can really imagine lots of lots of young females going out and singing this song and singing it with the the pain and the angst and the hopeful optimism that the song is kind of yeah. All, all built on and I think it's probably why as guys it doesn't appeal to us as much as it could do because uh, I, I, I don't know I, I don't feel like that was ever my experience I don't you know like I don't, yeah, I don't I, feel like I was out there waiting for it yeah I, this one I feel like this one it I think it's the song that says or screams in Yari, the least, if you know what I mean. This doesn't sound, to me, this sounds like this could be sung by any pop diva. That's what it sounds. It sounds really a power ballad. It's, it's a, very, a power, it's it a is, power ballad done in her way. Right, right. You know, because um, they, they it, I, I do feel, even, as much as you say, like it's the least in Yari, I do feel like they they sprinkle that in Yari magic over it to, okay. to make it not as, as obvious as. Oof. you know there's only one name coming out of my head like Celine Dion like Celine, if Celine Dion sang this yeah and they kind of reworked the production it would 
it would be massive. I heard, I heard uh, a young Mariah Carey, but that's the same, same shit, same shit. Yeah, same different day. To be fair, what I think this song did was just again really continued that crossover appeal to to make her bigger than right. Neo Soul. That's or exactly make the album bigger than Neo Soul. That's exactly and my thoughts. Yeah, I reckon. You know, I, I reckon this song has definitely come from her. I, I would imagine that a manager or an A&R heard it and thought, yeah. Absolutely. This is my fourth single. Absolutely. And we're going to crush you over with this one. Like, this yeah. is the one that's going to, this is the one that's going to get us the double platinum. You know, it's not going to be brown skin that's going to get us double platinum. This one here will get us there. Um, and, it, and it probably does. It probably got them really across the line. Because, it, it, again, it's, it's another anthem it's a massive hook people, like she, she's really good at her hooks man <laughs> really mm. really good at, at kind of putting together lyrics that that capture the emotion and make you want to want to sing along and this is definitely a sing-along anthem not necessarily for me but i, I think loads of people out there um but i, I quite happily even though i recognize the genius and the greatness of it I quite happily skip past this one. Just, yeah. Yeah. Don't, no need to feel bad about it. Mm. Um, I like the video. In keeping oh, with, in keeping how with. How many people did you spot in the video? Dude, I could only, no, see, I knew, I knew, I knew this was a problem, right? I knew yeah. there were loads more in there that I should know, but all I got is Anthony Hamilton. But I knew there okay. were only, only so, who else was in there? I'll make music. You? I'll make music was in there. There was a shot of him. He was, wasn't he? Yeah, there was a shot of him in there. And, um, the other person I spoke was Glenn Lewis, was also in there. It is Glenn, and I I thought it might be, but then I wasn't hundred percent sure. Okay, all right, good. I like. But that. I, I again, I really like that. That the video really um, it reminded me of like ninety five, ninety six, like the whole MTV unplugged kind of type sit down mm. vibe, or we, almost. I was thinking about. Um, Janet Jackson and that's the way love goes like just yeah really really moody yeah yeah really yeah. vibey um so, so that real kind of 90s colorful afrocentricity vibe but given like a, a 2001 sheen and polish to it because it just looked really clean and sharp it did look clean and sense. sharp but it seemed kind of natural I could imagine her doing that performance do you get what I mean this, yeah. this, that's what I liked about it again um it just just showed her in her most natural environment, I reckon, because I reckon she's she's best. I think she's one of those artists that's best on stage as opposed to in the studio. Like, and I mean, uh, it's a really it's a really open song. It's a really vulnerable song. Uh, and when you when you create the video like that, where you're you're singing to a room of people all sat around you, you're not necessarily on a big stage in an arena or a venue. You're you know, you're surrounded by everyone and you're, you're kind of really just delivering something straight from the heart. I think that all kind of ties into the message of the song. Gosh, like, I, see, look, I have more feelings about it, even though I don't really like it. Like, that's, that's, the, that's, that's how good a song and how good an artist she is exactly. and the team was yeah. as well. Oh, man, you know? the, the, they, I don't know who was responsible for putting together the whole writing team, production team, but... They definitely did a good job. Especially you know who the man like, behind the plan was though, right? Kadar Messenberg. Yeah, this guy. guy. And this if you don't guy. remember who that is, that's the guy that coined the uh, phrase Neo Soul. He was he was uh, D'Angelo's 
manager, Erica Badu's he signed Erica Badu to his label, right? That's how it went. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he's the guy and um yeah, it was interesting to hear him speak on the uh, this documentary about uh, this album I was watching. So, yeah, very interesting. But Ash, we usually at this point go to best of the rest, but I think I really want to get into that Grammys conversation. <laughs> I really want to get into it because I think it'd just be, I think it's, having listened to this album and then I made the point, because you're talking about the Grammys, right? Are you going to be talking about the whole Alicia Keys thing as well, right? We see, so I didn't, I didn't think much of it. I, I, did we say it on the podcast? Or yeah, I said it. I said it. I said right. at the end. I said cool. it was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you when you said the thing about Indiari and Alicia Keys, I was like, oh, I don't really remember that. I don't really don't really feel that too much. And then like, I I kind of when I started digging, and then she talked about the Grammys, and she talked about that that first Grammys and being nominated for seven and not winning any, and that really kind of throwing her. And even then, I didn't really look into into it more as as like right, well, who beat her? I just thought, okay, well, well, you, you know, I mean, she did well to get nominated for that many, and yeah, it's a bit of a shank, but like you know, it's what it is. Then when I looked it all up and saw saw who kind of took it from her, and yet no, because I was reading an interview where Kada Massenberg was talking about like how. We, we're going to release the second album straight away. You need to make sure it's ready to go so you're in for next year's Grammys. Right. There's, not gonna, there's no Alicia Keys this year. You're exactly. Fine. I was like, what? What do you mean there's no Alicia Keys? And Bro. that's when I looked at it and, and saw it the breakdown. Mad. It was mad. It was wild. Yeah, so basically, uh, Indiari's nominated for seven, right? Mm. Alicia Keys nominated for six, but wins five out of six, right? Something like that? Or was it four out of six? It's something like that. She something. wins five. She wins five. Yeah, so it's five out of six she wins then. And it's... But you know what, though? This is Ash. This is how, like, how your opinions can change about it. I remember this happening at the time. Mm. And I remember thinking... I was, like, outraged. <laughs> I just remember being outraged. But I think I was being... I think I was being outraged on the whole... Well, it's because Alicia Keys looks like Alicia Keys and that's why it happened and it, it's wrong, blah, blah, blah. India Rees, like, album's better. Dude. So I went back and listened to Songs in the Key of A Minor, Ash, as a comparison. Just as a quick comparison. Like, mm. so I listened to Songs in the Key of A Minor yesterday. Hey, hey, man. I, I, it's a stronger, it's a stronger, it's a stronger debut, man. It's a stronger debut. Uh, yeah, listening to it as a... So we, we, I've already said it, yeah? There's not hits on this album. Like, Brown Skin is a hit. The video is a part hit. But it's not the hit of the album. However, that's the song that is listed is the one that's nominated for Song of the Year and that it's not strong enough. And, you know... Let me We're talking about, talking about video. Video is listed. Yeah, video, yeah, yeah, video, yeah. video is the song that's nominated. Yeah, right? yeah that's right. And we, we've both said that we kind of liked it, and we liked what it stood for, but it wasn't that strong. Now, if you're in going for Song of the Year, yeah, and you're up against Drops of Jupiter by Train, which was an amazing song, amazing rock pop song, yeah? I'm Like a Bird, Nelly Furtado. Tune. That song was in another incredible song. And it was huge. Yeah? And it was huge. You know, you um, 2 Stuck in the Moment, which again, wasn't like a, a big thing for me, but that was a massive song. Really big, really big again, rock pop song. And then you've got Fallen by Alicia Keys, and then you've got Video by NDRE. Video's not strong enough. 
it, 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 you know, it, it is an anthem and it's a wonderful message to it, but it ain't strong enough. Like, I'm, I'm even surprised that, that Alicia Keys got Fallen as the song of the year up against those ones. But, but personally, if, if you're looking at Alicia Keys, J Records, one of J Records' kind of first stellar signing artists, someone who had been around the industry for a little while and they'd finally found it and got her out there. Clive Davis, the man behind Whitney and Mariah, this is his next protege, so to speak. She's gonna have all the industry backing. She's gonna have that, that more polished industry-based album, which is what the Grammys are all about. It's about US industry and ticking all the boxes. And I don't, I don't particularly like Fallen, like if I'm completely honest with you, I like, I like that initial riff, but when I, when I listened to that album, you know, you were talking about songs being rinsed and mm. that. Oh, it's I rinsed. feel like that song got over rinsed and I just, I'm well, really down for yeah, it. And if, yeah, if I'm, if I recall, if I recall uh, uh, Ready for Love being rinsed, then Falling was the, was the most rinsed song ever. Yeah. And people not being able to sing it properly. Oh my gosh. That, well, that's, that's that, another that, conversation. That, in, that intro. Why? Why do people? Why stop? Just don't do it anymore. Well, I mean, yeah. like it, it's it's really interesting when you compare the two of them. Mm-hmm. So you've got you've got Keys, who you know it's in the name Keys, all about the piano, but takes on the Prince inspiration, and you know there's it's subtle, but there is Prince's breath. There's a big Prince cover which she nails. Like again, when you're comparing the vocals between her and Indiara, like Keys just kills it. She bangs out some vocals. Um, and you know she's got the Prince inspirations, but then Ari's the one with the guitar, but she's got the Stevie inspirations, and Stevie's all about the keys. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's, yeah. weird the way that the kind of the two come together. And I think that I, I think that I prefer the Indie Ari album because it's just got that overall soulful glow to it. It does that, have it that does. Key doesn't keys is the more more produced, more R and B elements to it, but when you when you really get into some of the deep cuts of Alicia Keys' album, Keys in A Minor, like there is some amazing, like kind of like Isaac Hayes seventies type soul grooves going on Dude, in there. Like it, it's there's I, really powerful stuff in there. It it didn't even I, I didn't even as soon as I listened to like yeah I, I ran I ran I played the whole album through and I was just like. A minus just it just feels stronger to me. It just it just feels like it just yeah, it just feels like a proper stronger piece of work. It's a better debut, mm. man. And I, I I hate to say it, but I've just got to be honest. It's it's uh it's I don't know. I would like to see um some of the other categories um what was going up against what like so. It well, was, I mean, I, I, have you got them there? Miss Jackson as well. Miss Jackson Outcast was up there. To like so, some of the year that we're going up against as well like you know that's a big deal um she, she so i mean coldplay came out that year the, the parachute album so she was up for album of the year right yeah so this songs this songs so with, the album of the year is a bit of a weird one because that, yeah. that's the one that she when you look at it that's that's a stronger case mm. um so you've got the outcast the outcast anconia album mm. Uh, the U2 album, Leave It mm. All Behind. That won it, right? No. Songs in A Minor wasn't even in the album of the year category. Right. Okay. You know, um, but India Ari, so that's the travesty. All right, cool. 
Oh Brother Where Art Thou, the soundtrack. That one it. One album of the year. That one right? it, yeah. Yeah, um, now, that was, that's some crazy shit to me. So, yeah, it is. I think so. That's crazy. But if we, let me try and find best R&B. I think it's like further down. Because mm-hmm. this, this is the lane that these two really are kind of going against each right. other. Right, exactly. Like, best female R&B vocal, best R&B vocal. Um, and again, if you are, if you, imagine that. Craig David was, was nominated a couple of times to fill me in. Good for you, mate. Good for you. Uh, right, best female performance. Yeah, again, you got you got Rock the Boat, Aaliyah. You got Family Affair, Mary J. Blige. You got Hit 'Em Up, Star Blue Control, Long Walk, Jill Scott. You remind me. Oh, no, sorry, that's male performance. But if we look at the males, like Usher, You Remind Me, Maxwell, Lifetime, uh, Music Soul Child, Love. That was the male bracket. But that female bracket, female R&B vocalist, video is not beating falling for female performance. No way, no way, can't, can't happen. Um, album, best R&B song, you know, again, so video is going up against Fallen. It's going up, get your freak on, didn't you know, Eric Badu, which we'll talk about. Ken, it's, it's not winning, it's not winning. So the travesty, I think, is that is best R&B album, because if Fallen didn't even make album of the year, Right, and Indiari did make album of the year. Then it has no right beating her for best R and B album. Right, in my, in my humble opinion. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you've if yeah, you've I, not no, won it worthy enough of being in the best album of the year overall, when it comes down to the subcategory of best R and B album, she's supposed to win that. And I would feel, I would feel a way. I would feel a massive way for her to then still get that. Like when you're playing off video and falling, there's there's no there's no conversation. When you are playing off acoustic soul and songs in A minor, there's a conversation to be oh, had. Oh, definitely, definitely conversation. conversation to be had, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so yeah, I, I I definitely definitely feel for her, um, and I'm glad she got her props and she got you know she got some some gold and I'm glad that it didn't really. Like, you know, the way we were talking about Music Soul Charts last week um, on the last podcast and, you know, how kind of tainted he's been by the industry and how much it's, he still can't deal with it and deal with it for what it is, you know. And as much as she had all that wisdom in this album and what she's talking about, she says it like these were, these were affirmations. These were things that you're trying to live up to as opposed to things that you are completely living by, which, again, makes sense because at 26, really hard to be completely secure in yourself you're still finding out about the world and and what's going on and you know like getting that limelight like wow seven seven nominations like i'm here this is everything that i would have wanted you know and to come away with nothing yeah would have i mean definitely uh it's it's i don't know it's it's hard you know i'm never going to be in that situation so it's hard for me to say but yeah i mean I think she's some, come out of it all right. Yeah, she I has. Think she's come out of it all but right. But just, just some of those. I mean, gosh, it would have been tough if I was, a bit, especially going up, especially when you're in the categories where you got established artists in it as well. Like this is your debut, and you're going up against, you're going up against uh, Outcast or U2 or do you know people who are established? It's, it's there's a Bob Dylan album in there. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So. So I can understand her being disappointed for not winning one out of seven, but 
you know, it was it was always going to be tough. And, and we've already said it. Video is not the best single on this album. You put Brown Skin in there up against Fallen. Again, you're you've got more of a conversation. You, like you don't necessarily have best vocal performance, but you've got a real conversation about best song. And again, this is the Grammys and this is industry, so they can't put a song called Brown Skin up there, unfortunately. You know. No, and I think video is there just because of its message that it, that it delivers for women. I think that's why it's there as much as it is. Um, but look, sorry, just I should have left this, but um, sorry, Terrence Trent, yeah, <laughs> <darling. yeah. laughs> I can't stop doing that. I'm gonna get <laughs> anyway. Sorry, go ahead. Um, as as an album, yeah, and it, and Alicia Keys might have the better the better kind of project body of work. Um, when it comes to the debut album, as a debut yeah. album for India RE, like this does exactly what it's supposed to do. Like yeah. the pressure is on Alicia Keys to deliver something to the masses. The pressure isn't on India RE. That that's not the game plan. The game plan is to become a solid, recognised voice in the neo soul world, which this album did. What it then went on to do is probably reach not have. It didn't have the same kind of impact as Lauren Hills did, but it's it's actually going down that road. Like not not as big, because she's just not as good. But like she she went down that road that Jill Scott couldn't go down, Angie Stone couldn't go down. Like she she pushed out. She took it a lot further, and you know exceeded expectations, which I think is really commendable and and a really fantastic. A fantastic piece of work and which is why the second album is really strong as well you know two really good bodies of work yeah it's like um sometimes i like to discuss talk about both of them as a because the second one came out so close to the first you know what i mean so mm. it seems like when i listened to the second it seems like there were it sounds like a lot of songs were left over from sessions done when recording the Probably. first album. do you get what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah so so yeah but yeah. it's still good Oh, very, very. <laughs> they're still really good. Very, very right? good. They're not very just cutoffs; like they're yeah, really powerful songs. Yeah, I just like to say by me saying that I think like songs in A minor were it's a stronger album doesn't not diminishes um, Indiari's work or mm. Acoustic Soul how good it is. It's still good, really good, like excellent in some places. So it's just you know, hey, these things are subjective. Yeah. Just saying. So, yeah, you know. It's conversation. It's all good. You want to do quick best of the rest and then head out? Yeah, a uh, quick one. I'll, I'll, I love Simple. Simple is my tune. Seriously? Like, I, I just, yeah, man. I think as a love song, it just, you know, like like what um, Music's 143 was. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just breaking it down in such a simple way. I really like the groove um, and the the light production like some of these songs some of the other songs are really overproduced and i'm just like what are you doing like no no we don't need that shaker in there we don't don't need that beat like you know like and this i, I feel like it's 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 really weirdly placed in the album but, yeah um, yeah but yeah i i really love it and i think the only other thing that i really wanted to mention was just like the interludes I like. I just like that she's just giving thanks and giving props. Yeah, to people in yeah. A really nice. I like way. how I like how sparse the interludes are as well. Yeah, just, just literally, it's like they caught her 
sort of like just strumming this ditty in the studio like let's record that and put that in because that's what it sounds like especially the the opening one it just it just has that yeah it just sounds really nice and just really just really raw basically just you know it's nice cool mm. well my favorite well my best of the rest is always in my head the yeah. bob power produced yeah. tune not just yeah. engineered by bob but produced this sounds like when i listen to it it sounds like the theme from a black exploitation movie from the 70s it just sounds it's got that oh what do you have like in them like is it a timpani the is it the timpani that 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 drum sound at the beginning that and it starts it sounds so big and oh it comes in it comes in so hard i'm like yeah mm. and it's a it sounds really it's got it's it sounds a lot more produced than a lot of our other tracks and probably doesn't sort of like fit in nicely with, with some of the other ones. Um, but yeah, I still like that. And I, yeah, I like it a lot. And I like um, Promise because of the Carlos Santana vibe. It's got that, got that vibe. Yeah, and, and, but, and that's Promises. just part of that really kind of strong opening. Yeah. You know, you've got in the intro and then you've got video, mm-hmm. Promise, Brown Skin, Strength, Courage and Wisdom. Like, real yeah. real strong opening like volley of songs to kind of get into and set the tone for the rest of the album you know promises great tune great song um and really really like you said the guitar work on it and throughout the album as well there's loads of nice licks all over the place and and again for me that that's my kind of my big kind of memory of the album like the wisdom and the guitar and that the guitar is at the heart of of it, whereas the other kind of neo soul artist just didn't didn't have that. So it gave it a freshness and gave it gave her her own lane to kind of play in and stand out, and she did. It was really nice. I I saw her. I went to see her at Shepherd's Bush Empire. Probably, I want to say maybe two thousand and two, and I this was kind of still the time I wasn't sure and um the girl I was seeing at the time she just bought the tickets and said we're going so I'm like okay then I guess we're going and I really wasn't up for it and I was just standing there moody because because it wasn't it wasn't packed you know you know when they just open the bottom part so you just stand in that's that's mm. that's that's all it was so she was late which didn't help my mood I was like this is bull this is poor. I don't even feel I'm not feeling there anyway. Turns up, hour and a half late, walks on stage with a guitar, shoots the biggest, biggest smile and says, sorry, y'all. And then she went into, and she goes into, what she go into? She just starts playing, what was it now? I want to say it might have been Promises, maybe. And then instantly, I was just like, nah, this is cool. It's all right. You're fine. <laughs> I I slightly forgive you. It's cool. Yeah, and then it was it was all right. No, 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 no. It was Shepherd's Bush Empire, but it was packed, and the, the sides were open. You know how I remember? Because that night, um, she says she turns around and says, "Oh, um, one of my um biggest influences is in the audience tonight, and I just like to say thanks to this woman." And it was Sade. Sade was up in the in the side. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, she 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 toured with her. Mm. She did uh, Sade's American tour. 
and so funnily enough like i don't know it can't have been the same gig so because i went I, i'm sure i saw her at bush as well mm. but i saw her with music soul child ah. so music soul child i'm sure he was the headline i can't i'm sure she came out first definitely not my gig and then he was the headline yeah. and um yeah like it was it was a support gig essentially mm. but again i just when i think back to it i just feel really privileged to have seen both of those artists on their mm. on their debut album kind of tour so to speak and just being there and and being able to experience it and it was good so i don't, I don't have any massive memories but mm. i don't have no, any negative ones i either, just, I just so. remember being me liking it and being totally sort of like enamored with her personality and the mm. fact that she could play yeah. which 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 is always nice um so just to digress quote so you see music soul child twice yeah i've seen him a couple of times was he better that first time yeah of course he had a band ah yeah bands like, and i'm pretty sure he had a sax player with him as well like which mm. you don't ah uh, that's the problem with this album no bloody horns wagwan oh no there's none irritating. there's none um, nowhere nowhere actually no, sorry I should... none. apart from a trumpet player who don't play trumpet in the video <laughs> whatever um Arcana yeah era, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I love it. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like, like, like you know it, it was it was a good gig um it was a really good gig and again it's different when you're doing a pa set so i was thinking back to that more i think we i don't even, i think we was at hammersmith but I, I think we were in like a club or something like it was a really weird gig and he just had some BVs with him and it was back in track and it was just like, nice nah, a mess. It's a mess. But if you've got a band behind you, you're always gonna gonna give a bit more. But if it's a see that's the difference. If it's a club promoter, ah, uh, we're getting into dark waters here. If no, a club promoter if a go club promoter from the upset US upset the club promoters Ash going. If a club promoter's bringing someone over from the US, like, you know, again, nine times out of ten they haven't thought about all of the live live stuff you guys can at me and correct me if i'm wrong like, please go ahead but i've been to quite i've been to quite a few shows where the support hasn't been on point and then when the main artist comes out it's just not a great show it's a like, shambles isn't it yeah if they are if they if they're in one of the bigger venues so if if we are talking about brixton academy or if we are talking about shepherd's bush which were the two kind of main mm-hmm main big ones because none of these guys were ever going to fill out arenas um so it was always Brixton and it was always Shepherd's Bush Jazz Cafe if they were a bit smaller but generally yeah. Brixton and Shepherd's Bush were the two places you exactly. would go um but if it's in a club the Hammersmith Palais something like that like yeah not it's not going to be great. no I I Nine hate times out of ten. I hate Hammersmith I just didn't like seeing gigs there it's funny though like you, we say um <laughs> just to digress quickly that it was always Shepherd's Bush uh, Brixton or Jazz Calf and I just feel like it was so boring that uh, Maxwell was at the Royal Albert Hall when I saw him I just like to, to this day I just like I just don't know that's who's... bad boy it is bad boy right because it's just like it's just when was that that would have been so that was just after it was just after the uh, the live came out so it was so before the second album that's epic yeah it was epic because like, because Royal Albert Hall shouldn't have been making any kind of moves like that back in 95, 96. It, it, no it, way. Made, it made no sense. By rights, he should have been... He should, by rights, he should have been at Brixton. Or I saw him at Brixton, but that yeah. was like 2011, 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah, but, yeah, exactly. 
yeah man it was it was i wish i wish i kept like flyers and programs from back in the day but i'm not, i'm really crap for that so i don't have anything no, i try to but it i don't have anything they, for those gone, but yeah but cool ash okay. yeah it's been another great one um have you got a recommends or you can hold it to the next one uh no 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 just a quick one rapper aks axe he's dropped a new single this week or just recently so he's been away for a little while but uk rapper has two really good bodies of work train of thought and the buster pps and now he's got his latest track out which if i can pull it up again if you like hip-hop soul if you like common if you like talib Quelly, so most of the kind of stuff that you know we talk about on this podcast you like it um but the new track is called the up and up really great musicianship our boy adrian remedy is is doing guitar on the track adrian oh, nice. has produced our our intro and outro music um and yeah really good friend and really good guy um but yeah really good good hip-hop soul music so go check him out at mm-hmm. up and up mm-hmm. and uh, i know and I, know, I know you guys like like our theme song yeah i know you i know you think it's banging I just know you do because it is anyway especially when that guitar comes in anyway um, Ash it's been lovely it's been good yes indeed who knew we had so much to talk about for acoustic soul we did (laughs) we did indeed it was cool where can they find you Uh, Ash Remedy or Music is Remedy but do find us Reflections Music Podcast on Insta and on um, Twitter. I am starting to put more content on there. Some finding some gems, like finding some of the old videos and dance routines to the songs. Like some people I were, like, saw that dance routine. Stuff, that was, like, that was, that was, do you know what though? Actually, you know, it was hilarious. <laughs> this is how I know my old man. So I was watching the dance routine and the, the, the dude that was right in front, I was like, this guy don't even know the words. <laughs> he wasn't even singing the words. I was like, then I was like, you old man. Why does no, that you're matter? Not supposed to man. I was like, about the face. They're not supposed to say the words. No, but it, no, man. You got to say it because you got to be like feeling. Got to be in it. And how can you not say those words? <laughs> Come on. It was a good routine though. They were good. <laughs> they were good. I'm just an old. I'm just an old miserable man. I just went. It was like this guy is too young. Doesn't even know the lyrics. Sure. I know. I know. Anyway, you can find me at Jamie John Chi on Twitter and yeah, and all the other stuff. Um, yeah, just hit, please hit us up. Please engage with us because I'm ready for the engagement. Ashley's ready for the engagement. Come on, bring it on. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, come on. I know some of you want to chat because I know some of you, some of you think we went in on music last week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know we did, go in. we did go in we, we did go in but I think I think yeah you have to if you've been if, you, if you're if you gonna have to ha- have an honest conversation then come on yeah you got you got you got you just gotta be honest right mm. some some albums you like more than others do you know what I mean like this this like this one here this is not a this is not our favorite one of the ones we've done it's good and we just it's worthy to be spoken about but you know yeah 100% right all right man have a good one thanks for listening guys really appreciate it and see you the next one actually you announced you you announced the next one uh, on the last one so you're gonna announce what's next not not yet but we're we're going (laughs) going back to the trinity we are going going back back to the trinity we are going back it's gonna be giving you enough of the second wave but 
we're going back to the Trinity. Yeah. These guys have all released other albums now. So now let's see, let's see what right. the second albums. Right. Yeah. By this time, by India Ari's album, by Music's album and Jill Scott's album, They're all, all out. three, D'Angelo, Badu and Maxwell had released at least two albums. Maxwell had released three albums. In that and time. we know why he needed to release that third, Ash. We know why. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're, we're going back into those guys so all right yeah cool. i'm looking forward to that yeah it will be all right people take care thanks for listening once more yeah yeah